welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and desirable Ooh, hello, partner. it's Alexander Dandino. <laughs> oh my, is that a fallen woman I see? Oh my. It's the fallen woman here. <laughs> well... If you were on the fence, everyone has turned it off by now. But we still might as well do our business. People, it's official. We're on Patreon. That's right. Patreon.com slash Patreon. If you want to come get a look at our our daughters all lined up in a row. Patronage the dowry, please. That's right. My God. Uh, Yeah, just go over to Patreon. Great way to support the show. We appreciate it. We have a massive exclusive library. Almost none of them have bad accents, I promise you. Oh, no. Uh, you All can of vote them on the movies accents. You... Shh, shh. Quiet, bitch. <laughs> uh, you can vote on the movies you want to hear. You can uh, even pick your own double feature at high enough levels. You get commentaries. You get our Tales from the Crypt miniseries. We have other miniseries possibly in the work. Uh, lots of fun stuff over there. We work very hard to make that worth your time and support. So please, 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 please don't make us be an old spinster. Go over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. The YouTube you can subscribe to, filmalchemist. See our faces. We are a little behind, but we're catching up. My actual video production job is ruining my schedule. Uh, you can go to email us, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. So reach on out, talk to us, suggestions, things you like, movies you'd like to see. Uh, we are always interested to hear what you guys have. We actually have an incredible slate coming up. Really good. That we can't wait to announce. So, yeah, join us on all your socials. Guys, an easy thing you can do that helps us out. You can't uh, donate to Patreon. We understand. A free and simple thing that you can do for us. Leave a five-star rating and review on every app you get podcast. Easy. Takes a couple seconds and shockingly does help us algorithmically. It we does. all kneel to the algorithm. Uh, but one thing we're asking you guys this year. Send an episode to a friend. If you got a movie-loving friend, send them an episode of a movie they like. We'll take it from there, guys. We're we're asking you to make direct personal contacts with your friends so they can be our friends. This is the year of blowing this motherfucker up. All right. Enough of that. You're not here for business. It's time to talk about perhaps the most transactional movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, so this is uh, uh, the pod tells a love story month. And I want to be careful here. As many listeners know, I'm an avid reader, but I've never actually read a Jane Austen story. Really? I think so you would have at least read one. No, and actually I, am I thought after watching this that I feel like I should because it's so present in culture, right? Yeah. I don't want to anger the Austen hive. I'm going to come right out and say it. I actually thought this was an awesome movie. Like, it was a really good watch. It's very well crafted. Mm-hmm. It's engaging. Even though it's not really my thing normally, this was a very well played movie. I told you. I also want to say the fact that this is under the guise of a true romance is kind of shocking to me, right? Like at the end when it's like, Oh, no, I actually love the man with all the money and resources to fix every problem in my family. It's true love only. I struggled with that a bit. (laughs) I feel like, because I felt watching it, I just was telling my wife, I was like, this feels like the shittiest time ever to be alive. Right. 
And I think the movie addresses that to some extent. And then it gets into a little bit of this Beauty and the Beast. Like, oh, that thing got a library? All right. I might throw it back at him. You know what I mean? It gets into that weird, shady area. Sure, sure. Um, anywho, a fun movie. We are going to talk about it as guys who have not read the book. I don't know. Maybe you have. I was led to believe there were no. zombies in this. Um, there's a, there's not. zombies in another version of this, yes. Right. So, Alex, opening thoughts on Pride and Prejudice. Um, I also think this movie is pretty awesome. I um, It's a really well-crafted movie. It's really movie. well done. It's beautiful like, to yeah, watch. Like, it's it it's shot remarkably. Like, there, it's also – so, this adaptation – is very specific and apparently like this is something my wife loves this movie this is like one of her all-time favorite movies um she told me amongst austinites or whatever they're supposed whatever you're supposed to call you uh, yeah austin hive yeah this is apparently not as beloved as some of the other versions there is the um the most famous version of the adaptations is this besides bridget jones diary is uh bridget jones's diary is pride and prejudice yes I've never seen it either, but... So there's a six-hour version of this that's, like, the most famous starring Colin Firth and Jennifer L. from the BBC. Ew. <laughs> Was it played as a miniseries? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's done like a miniseries. Ew! <laughs> Ew! So Colin... How long is this book? Is it, like, it? So Colin Firth is, like, the perennial Mr. Darcy. Not only that, because he also played Mr. Darcy in the... Um, also, because he plays a great, unlovable cock. That, too. Yeah, he's very good at it. Um, but, yeah. So, but this version is, the adaptation is very specific and apparently is not most beloved. I think this is probably the best adaptation you've this got out there. This is a 432-page book. Six hours? <laughs> Six hours. The entirety of Lord of the Rings is like nine hours. I know. Extended cuts. And this one's only two hours Those and motherfuckers minutes. had to be armies. <laughs> This All one, these people had to do was just get married. Realize that the accounting. Was All right. these people had to do was just marry their cousin and line up their money. Okay, <laughs> there's a lot of cousin fucking going on in this yeah, time. A lot of it's it's very it's very Kentucky when in did, that way. When did the cousin fucking <laughs> Sorry, go out of vogue? I because not only the guy the guy's like a priest who just shows up. Yeah. Oh, Tom and like, Hollander. Hey, I'm here to yeah, yeah. I'm here to swipe a, a cousin. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. I thought I had missed so something. So he apparently... And then later it's like, no, Mr. Darcy has to marry my this daughter, is like his really, cousin. <laughs> there's stuff, because, again, like, for me, the aesthetics of this movie, like, are always very brilliant. Like, and that's the thing that makes me want to watch it, because I'm not... That's what puts the uh, sugar on the incestual subplots? That's what puts the sugar on just the movie of the story in general, because I agree, like, the transactional nature of a lot of this, you're just like, I don't understand what's romantic about a lot of this. <laughs> okay, it's and this hard. is the thing. I, I don't have a background in Austin. I don't either. Nor am I particularly a romantic at heart. This movie felt very skeezy to me at times. Like, the mom is one of the most hateable characters I've ever seen in a movie, yeah. right? Like, I really despise their mother. But the movie does a pretty good job. By the end, I felt like I at least understood why I hated her so bad. Because like, I'm watching her from this modern lens. But this is a woman who, right, her own daughters can't inherit their house because they're daughters. Right. So in her mind, it's I got to get these girls out there to someone else. Otherwise, they'll all be homeless when we well, not only that, pass this on. Is something so I, I quasi understand, but... 
Man. Well, this was something I else. I fucking hated her guts. This was something else I didn't realize that Andrea was, because when we were watching it last night, Andrea was telling me this was like another thing was the reason that they have to marry off the Bennett daughters specifically is because, and the reason like they have to marry them to like rich guys and not just for love essentially is apparently because like having five daughters, because I was just like, why did these assholes keep having kids? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. this is a big problem. If her and Donald Sutherland can't get down and make a dude, like, what's, like, and that was the thing, Andre was like, well, they kept trying boys. Kept trying to have boys, because boys can accrue you money. Like, basically. Yeah, if you had a boy, you could get their rundown house, and you just have that. Right, well, that you can inherit it and that kind of thing, so right. if you only have women, you have and to. honestly, not even, like, a bad shanty. Like, they still had to cook. Dude, it was a nice house. And, That's yeah, they sick. had someone cooking their food. Yeah. Again, not the worst place to live. Like, at. It, I it's the 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 grotesqueries of watching this mom sling her daughters right two of which are not even 16 years old yet yeah. it's fucking hard to watch every conversation is in that vein it's mm -hmm. it's unseemly but again the movie kind of brings I, it back right so it, it reminds us of the struggle of the mother in that yeah. era there is this like well, class man did i hate her the classism thing is really interesting and i think yeah. the other reason that i like the aesthetic of this movie particularly <laughs> this is the only way i know how to put it so it's gonna sound bad but i i like that i'm pretty sure i know how everybody smells in this movie like clearly no one bad bathes like ever um everyone in this time period smelled bad yeah like i it's too many clothes too many clothes not enough shower yeah. you smell bad you smell terrible like, wear, wear a three-piece suit in august anywhere outdoors you're gonna smell bad yeah, i, I and that's with our modern wizard i like the aesthetic of that in this movie is like okay cool everyone's just a little bit dirty like no one's that like, is such a wildly self-exposing statement why I like watching movies where I know the smells. <laughs> no, for this particularly, not for every uh -huh. movie. This one particularly because you're like watching Event Horizon, and you're like, I need more no more sense. Well, if you can't smell Event Horizon, I don't know what the pro I don't know what your problem is. Um, I imagine it's like a cold winter day, and you get that one waft of life. You're like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, neither here nor there. No, the reason I say that, and the reason I like <laughs> the aesthetic so much of this movie is because. <laughs> Like the way we started the pod with these like upper, ooh, these upper crust accents. Oh, that, kind of that like Mrs. Doubtfire voice. Yeah. I think a lot about how the reason this movie connects with people in general, and I think that is because it's not everyone wearing like high collars, and no one's like no one's dressed in all white for the entire movie. It's not a six-hour Regency costume drama. It's a two-hour movie about people who wear muted colors and live on the moors, yeah. like. It's a really and it's it's a come up movie. Yeah, it's like let's not be coy. This is Cinderella in another dressing. Like this is a story that people love. Is that I am an undiscovered fount of resource and wealth, well, and the world doesn't know it. Of, well, it's because like so. Keira Knightley is Elizabeth Bennet. And the reason because Elizabeth Bennet is essentially she's outspoken because she said an opinion one time, and that's like yeah. unheard of in Austin era. Um, but. The other reason, and the reason I mean, isn't Jane Austen known for that though? Yeah, that's for her, her characters who are bucking the status quo. Yeah, that's her brand. Like that's okay. the whole that's the Jane Austen thing, which is cool. Like again, that's fine. And my wife loves Jane Austen. Like this is like a huge. 
This she is, was an English major that tracks. She was an English major. She was a lit major. She like she loves Jane Austen. She loves this movie. There's another movie that she and another friend of hers watch all the time called uh, Austen Land. That's literally about a fucking Jane Austen book club. It's at least Yikes. I think that's what it is. I don't know. Maybe, Honestly, I, maybe I got to get in on some Jane Austen. I got. You might have to. I think I probably need to like maybe reinvest. I might actually need. to I read mostly the, read a lot of horror, science fiction, and then like weird philosophy books. I might need to read Pride and Prejudice actually. Okay. Shit. Interesting. Maybe we'll do that. We'll have a book club. Maybe on we'll have own. a book club on the pod. <laughs> maybe the book can explain to me this. Did Mister Darcy ever stop being a cock? No. Isn't that awesome though? This is something that bothers this, me in this tale of romance. Because there's this moment when Kira Knightley's talking. By the way, what I love most about this movie is the fucking cast. Yeah. Oh, dude. Fucking the cast is unbelievable. Stacked. stacked. And she's talking to a man I love, Donald Sutherland, right? She's like, I was wrong about him, father. It's like, no, you weren't. Yeah. You fucking said your family he's was a, trash. He torpedoed your sister's wedding, right? He's a dick. He, uh, <laughs> you know, maybe you were wrong about Soldier Boy was also a piece of shit. Yeah. But... Mr. Darcy fucking sucks. <laughs> Everything about that guy sucks until she fucking rolls up to his immaculate ass mansion and she's in his, you know, third study that's full of fucking sculptures. <laughs> then all of a sudden she looks at that sculpture. I'm like, you know what? Not bad. Actually, not bad. One of my favorite <laughs> scenes in the movie is uh, that when they're there and um it's after they go because rosamund pike goes to meet um bingley who is the dude that she wants to bang out and uh she gets sick because she walks i feel through. like the austin hive is definitely going to yell at us yeah, for, for sure. lack of like we are <laughs> we're very uncouth to be talking about jane austen so if you didn't get from our introduction <laughs> that, that this, this was is gonna not be, going to be come on a college lecture i am sorry and i apologize when so Rosamund Pike shows up because she took she rode on horseback. And also, this is the crazy thing. This is another reason the mom sucks. She purposely sent her daughter on horseback knowing it was going to rain, knowing she'd catch a cold and, like, pretty much almost die, by the way. Yeah. Like, well, she wanted her to do the uh, classic, like, you know, National Lampoon college comedy, like, oh, I'm so wet. Oh, wet. sorry, I'm wet. I'm and then so she, wet. And then she caught a cold, and everyone's like, oh, she might die now. Yeah, <laughs> and then she could have just died because it was, you know, back then. It was when like we didn't just 18, have the 1800s were literally like, well, we'll just have yeah. a horse kick her in the head. The mom time. literally wrote in her mind the opening of the film Knock Knock with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that leads to a threesome and various uh, physical assaults. Um, but yeah, but no, Darcy, right? Because there's this wonderful scene, right? Some of the best stuff in the movie is when they shoot the balls. Yeah. The way they move the camera around the, the location in these long shots, right? Mm -hmm. And we see the way the characters are popping in and out of the background, right? It makes it feel very lived in. Yeah. You're still getting action and movement from characters even when they're not the focal point. So I love the way they shoot the balls, right? right. There's this one scene where she's dancing with that fucking C-word, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> Let's just call him Mr. Mr. D-hole, right, for the rest of the podcast. So they start dancing, Coolest right? She's ever. like, yeah. she's like, well, this is better than banging my cousin, the creepy priest, or whatever. <laughs> Wonderful performance, okay. by the way. Tom hey, Holland are great, but so they're dancing. Tom right? Holland amazing. He's so good, and at the start of the movie, he's like, "Oh, Elizabeth is all right, but she's not hot enough to tempt me." And I was like, "All right, damn, dude, that was like the best." She's like but underneath. They're, so the they're dancing. Yeah, she's yeah, all right. She's right? kind of playing. So don't they're you think? dancing at the ginger guy's hall. Yeah. And there's this great moment. I, I thought this was a really nice moment. And a moment I didn't expect for this movie particularly. But they're kind of dancing. And they're, they're almost like talking shit to each other, right? Yeah. And all of a sudden, 
there's a subtle like audio fade out. It just they're the only two dancing in the room now. Yeah. And I don't know if I because I like this moment visually. I also think it's misleading. Because I think it's the movie trying to tell us. I think the movie tries like six times to tell us wealth is not part of the equation. Which is not true at all. It's hard to accept in this time period and era when everything is about class and wealth. Yeah. Right? I think, come on. But I like that moment where even though he's kind of a dick, she somewhat is falling for him, right? And it is sure. a universal like, law of the nature. The heart wants what the heart right. wants. Well, like, I thought that was a cool thing, scene. What I like about again Matthew McFadden like he's famous now for being this like fucking goof on succession Matthew McFadden is a fucking dreamboat in this movie like I mean is he though yeah absolutely come on man is he though yeah 1000% come on I want a fucking straw poll okay cool yeah I'm down all right, so we're split. We I'd, need more straw. I'd let, I'd let his unwashed ass throw me one. One thousand percent. You are lying your ass off. That guy Dude, looks like French Barney Fife. You're telling me that when he when he walks up on the moors at the end of the movie, you're telling me that would not like fucking get you going. No. Sure to gape. Oh please, look at this guy. No, that guy look, can't drive a nail. Look at this guy. That guy can't fucking break a horse. That guy can't light a campfire. Okay, cool. No well, way. you know, that's not what this, that those are my specific terms. No, that's, on, that's what you just said. Is those are your specific terms? I there is a right, level cool. so of Griffey would fuck Bob Vila, and the rest of us will have sex with Mr. Darcy. Yeah, Bob Vila's manly as fuck. Yeah, I get it. You, my, you and Bob Vila, my Vila man fucking. crush, my man crush, without making it weird, because someday we're gonna hang out and be best friends, is Jason Momoa. Okay, I have a certain type. I like a butch macho type of guy. I got someday some, when me and him hang out, I'm gonna be like, sorry about all those jokes I made on the pod. That was gross. I got some inside info for you after the pod then about Jason Momoa. <laughs> awesome. Me and him are gonna be best fucking friends. We're gonna do each other's hair. No, regardless. Do manly shit. Regardless. That this is This guy looks Mr. Also Mr. Darcy looks like a fucking doofus. No. He looks like a kid that Judd Nelson would give a wedgie to in French high school. No. Sorry. No. He's a Zeo Maxi Zoom dweeb here. <laughs> nope. This is I bet I want to I want to take a poll. Here's the thing: Has he been cast in anything else as a sex pot? I mean, I I don't know. I don't. I all I've ever seen all I've ever seen Matthew McFadden in besides this one is he was in um he was in that Paul W S Anderson Three Musketeers and then he's done Succession. Those are the only those are the only things I know. He's very popular in British television, but I don't see him in a lot yeah. of other stuff. Probably always as a doofus. No, either way. Uh, <laughs> regardless, I yeah. think what is interesting about like how, and again, I'm not a Jane Austen scholar. The dynamic between Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy is specific to, it's almost like, it's almost like you're negging each other the whole time. Like that's how mm -hmm. I always interpreted it. Especially like I've watched this enough with my wife to know. I'm like, I feel like these two are just like literally just negging each other the entire movie until the very end. Like. Well, all right, I actually dig you, so, you know. There is a certain group of people that that is their love language. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I do think it's a little convenient that as soon as he comes through with the fucking statue room and the big bucks to save Jenna Malone, who's about to go fucking whore around and blow it. Yeah. Right? She's like 14 years old. Yeah. And she gets fucking taken by this fucking predatory man. 
right? Who bought her a ribbon at the start. So now she's going to ruin this whole family. Is that Rupert Friend's character? Yeah, Wickham. Yeah. 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 So Darcy comes through on giving them the money to not fucking ruin this 14-year-old's life, which yeah. is fucking crazy. Because the mom's like, she'll ruin us with her hooray. Yeah, Jenna Malone and the You're Grand like, Inquisitor run off. Yeah, well, she's a child. I guess back then that's, you know, you could fuck young people and cousins and priests and Look, whatever. We, I think we need so to put this, we need to point this out. Aside, this is just one of those things, like, I don't know anything about yeah. society in the 1800s, but I'm that pretty sure. That time aside, That right? time, like, 30 was old yeah. age. Darcy's got statues. He ponies up to fucking save the sister. Yep. And then he's getting an awful lot of credit for bringing the ginger man back after he's the one who told the gingerbread man to run from this scruffy, motley family down there. <laughs> so maybe you don't get any credit for that. Maybe you fucking almost blew the marriage. So when you bring him back, you don't get to Perhaps smile. you're learning about, but he's, le he's learning about himself. Maybe it's a matter of growing as a character, perhaps. If I come and shit on your rug, but then I pick it up and flush it, you're still always going to be think of me as the guy who shit on your rug. Actually, I'd think of the guy, I'm like, how did he think that he was going to be able to flush a rug down the toilet? Not the rug. <laughs> the cleaning accoutrement and the, the victim itself. You would always think of me as, that guy shit on my rug. I think of you as the I could never escape that. I think of you as the dumbest person ever for cleaning up a shit that you made on your rug. Like, why would you shit on my rug in the first place? You're just gonna clean it up. Stupid. Exactly right. Exactly right. That is Mr. D hole. I rest my case. Matlock has rested his case. <laughs> I I think that's a little suspect. I think that he's getting a lot of credit for just undoing things that he was a douche about. I mean, it's like that rest. I mean, it's restitution, I guess. I don't know. Like, again, it's one of those things where I'm like, if you are a dick for a majority of the story and then you're like, I was a dick. I probably need to, like, set some things right. Then, yeah, you probably get a little bit of credit. It's where not restitution do. as much as redistribution of wealth. That's what it is. I, I'm not sure I'd go there, but either way. You think that there is no part of her that's all that baller ass estate. And I was like, you know what? Maybe he's not such a dick like I thought. <laughs> I don't think she thinks. Here's the thing. The both, movie definitely is telling us she is not chasing him for his wealth. Both of them say things at the beginning of the yeah. movie that establish very quickly their biases towards each other. Which is, oh, he's like right. an uppity and again, asshole. I'm not calling out Elizabeth. All of us in society, even to this day... I. That is something yeah, that plays that, into our thought life. process. Uh, hang on. I'm finish. not shitting on her because if I saw that house, the I would The bias that people him. have, yes. that's how life works. So yes. it's a very common thing. And again, in Jane Austen times, I'm sure people looked at someone's material wealth as like, oh, that person is rich. Therefore, they're I bad. mean, that could mean survival back then, dude. Right. So they're rich, therefore they're better. They're poor, therefore they're not. Like there are things that haves and haves not that that haves and have not thing. Yes, is a very sadly we have not shucked yet in our modern society. Still. Sure, but this was also before the invention of the middle class. Essentially, like this is like yeah. a really important thing. Is like there were people who were rich, and there were Reagan's people who waiting were poor. room. <laughs> I mean. But this is exactly what it is. Is like, okay. <laughs> Shots fired. Money is money is obviously important in this movie. Like people's money material is wealth is still important. to this day a turn on. I agree with you. One thousand no percent. Like 
that I think is important. What Joe Wright does in this movie, though, and something that I think this is what makes it accessible to dummies like you and me, is that when we watch it, like you and I are going to sit here and talk about it because that's hilarious. And like, we're obviously like, there's so seriously money. That's, that's, you know, that's cannon fodder. That's good. What Joe Wright does in this movie that's exceptional is he spends enough time building this like really, really simmering pot of relationship for Elizabeth and Mr. Darcy that that material wealth conversation evaporates when that scene with Donald Sutherland happens. Like it's this weirdest thing that like we should all be sitting here doing exactly what we're doing right now. He's like, dude, this guy fucked up so bad. And now he's just going around fixing problems with money. But I love him. It's like, that's bullshit. Like anybody else would be like, well, that guy's still fucking asshole. Like, but what it is, is we've spent so much time with this buried moment these things that are like just barely under the surface, like totally buttoned up under these 30 piece dresses, 30 button dresses that finally when the gloves come off and all this stuff happens, it is just like this outpouring of emotion. So like when you get that scene on the moors, it's shot spectacularly and that kind of thing. And you have Matthew McFadden give that, like it's only a couple of lines, but it's so loaded with emotion and just this outpouring of uh, just, abstract beauty that you've it's a vibe like you just feel it it's it, again like it's it's perfect it's pitch perfect pacing and joe mm-hmm. Wright does such a good job i agree us down that. the path it's it's interesting however yeah and the whole thing about that, money <laughs> the whole fucking thing is about money right because the mom from the day they were infants has indoctrinated them right this is not the girl's fault they can't be held accountable for this i just think it's funny because this is really held up as this fault. like romance for the ages right like oh my god it's sweep you off your feet romance blah blah and maybe that's just my lack of information right but that's how austin's always sold to me is it's these characters that buck the system and they find true love despite come on come on a little bit again and again i I don't know enough i i think that's unfair of storytelling right because you got to take into account the world people live in right wealth is super fucking important in this time right in our but, time in all times right having a castle would make you more right. bangable than anyone like, else in so town. i think yeah i mean it's just i there's i want i do want to i want to point this out i'm gonna i'm gonna go back to these some of these perform these performances because oh, first off i think kira Knight, like kira knightley is so good amazing and i also like yes. i have not seen a lot of kira knightley movies where i think she's like the standout performance she's unbelievable but um my favorite moment in the entire movie and i i had to pause because i was laughing so much last night was uh when they're at the second ball and tom hollander notices that like oh darcy's there i'm gonna go over there and he walks up right behind him and he does that like look over here (laughs) 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 he's like tom hollander is amazing it was so funny and i was like there's that's another thing that like Joe Wright does is there's this like practical comedy be- beats and there's practical comedy beats in this movie yeah. that are so clever, but that one oh, particularly him reading out of the Bible, right? Oh, about intercourse. No, I mean, in the course, in the course of it's <laughs> great. It's really funny. It's, um, it's so yeah. Good. Tom Hollander was awesome in this movie too. Uh, there's that great moment where his, her friend who they keep calling not handsome. Yeah. Uh, she takes Hollander's, hand right she's like i'll marry the, yeah, yeah. the 
cousin fucking priest or whatever. <laughs> and Karen Knightley like judges the shit out of her for it. Yeah. And she's just like, I, I'll have a home. I'll be protected. Right. And she goes, you know, I'm 27 years of age. Don't you dare judge me for this. Right. I thought that was also an important scene. It is. Because it sets the stakes of what these women are going It through. does establish also for us dum-dums that 27 is, like, super old at that time. Yeah, like, put the cow out to pasture yeah, age. like, that's, like, straight-up spinster age. Which, again, is wild, right? It's crazy. no one wants to get married in their 20s anymore. Right. Like, um, but that's just what it was. It's like, you got to have male heirs. You got to propagate this, yeah, this you patriarchy, to, right? So right. you have to be on the ball. Um, and so, yeah, it is. I thought her scene was interesting because one, she tells Karen Knightley, like, fuck off. Don't judge me. Yeah. And then Karen Knightley goes in, you know, Caesar, and she's so happy in that house. She's like, I have a little room. I run my own house. Um, you see how small these small little things have meant the world to her. Right. Because she was a woman who was afraid she would not get chosen. And how scary that must have been. And it's fucked up looking at it from where we are today. Um, the thought that I just go to someone's house and be like, you, we're hooking up now, right? Right. And just go talk to her dad and have a scotch and be like, so is it cool if I plow your sister? <laughs> Are you going to pay me anything for that? Like, what a weird fucking system. Yeah. But again, you have to put yourself in that headspace. So I thought her friend, it was a wonderful performance and it really kind of gave a scope to, you know, what the movie's about. Agreed. Because she's essentially like, all right, Karen Knightley and Roseman Pike. Like, sorry, I don't have hold out for a guy with 50 carriages looks yeah you know maybe <laughs> fucking stop judging the shit out of everyone oh we can all be cheeky yeah. when we have gigantic perfect eyes like bring it down <laughs> <laughs> i got this normal face with no cheekbones i don't get opinions sorry okay? us normies have to marry who, who we get all right sorry elizabeth i still shovel out the stalls so my traps are huge no one wants to hear me fucking clap back at them, okay? Elizabeth, you bitch. <laughs> See, that's the scene that's missing. That's the, that's the part of the scene that's really missing. You bitch. Just her walking up to Elizabeth, like, clapping in her face, and you fucking sack of shit. <laughs> Giving her the John Cena. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you think you're so cool because you just walk around looking beautiful all day? What do you do? What do you do, Elizabeth? You have no skills. You don't practice. All you do is read. You fucking bitch. All you do is read and walk around rooms with that lady. Dude, the only thing you practice is making people not sure if you like them or not. That's I fucked up. Could not. That was another thing I could not <laughs> stop laughing at is when they go to when they go to Darcy's estate and um that who's that woman? Uh, the um she's in Yellowstone too, but I also remember uh, the um oh the redhead sister. Yeah, the redhead sister. Um, when they're like, should we walk around the room? And I'm like. What is happening? And Andrea That's had to what I do to get steps on my fit. Andrea right. had to explain it to me. She's like, oh, this is what the ladies did back then. Because this was like, that was something. Because that's what you could do. You could either read or walk around rooms. I'm like, it's the dumbest thing ever. Yeah. And then, and then they're A like. miserable life. And then they're having these like conversations. And they're like, oh, is Mr. Darcy eavesdropping? He goes, no, leave me alone. I'm trying to do my shit. Are you checking out my buns, Mr. Darcy? And it's like, ew, gross. Ew, I'm gross. quilling. Ew. <laughs> Yuck. I'm not supposed to be likable until the third act, please. That's like Fuck the whole off. bit, man. See, that's like I, I I think again, if I had a beef, I think Mr. Darcy is very miscast. Cuz he does not have the charm or the sex appeal for me to be like she'll put up with his shit. Mm, nah, he does have the wallet, the fat fucking wallet that could break the roof of their house. I Yeah, I'd pretty much 
I think that was a, a miss in the casting myself. Yeah, because everyone else is essentially perfect in their roles. I mean, to be fair, this is like th- that's the Darcy character. Are you talking about just by looks? Or are you talking about no by himself? Right, like everything. Like there are guys that are aloof. That's the Darcy. They, they're character, not into though. right. I understand the character. I'm saying you need a guy who has so much charisma that it is believable that we can look past his myriad faults. But he's not supposed. The character itself is not supposed to be charismatic. The movie leaves us no option but to imagine it being the statue room. Yeah, he has so little charisma. I mean, there has to be some version of this. Colin Firth has charisma. It's just, I mean, if you're talking about the actor, I would 1000% disagree. I think Matthew McFadden's wonderful. So. I mean, I've only, I only off the top of my mind feel like I know him from this. And there are moments where it feels like he's on the right page. It's just really hard to buy the setup that somehow true love wins over his fucking cock like disposition. Again, that is and I know he's Mr. not Darcy supposed character. to be likable, but what it what moment did she see past anything in him? And it's like he could be. Well, that's I mean, that goes to, you know, when any of us meet the person that we want to be with, regardless, like, you know, there's always going to be someone who goes her him. First thing really? you do is you check their Venmo transaction history. <laughs> that's exactly. No, I see. That's I, the part that, of this movie that was missing. The missing that was the missing part of the film for me. And again, I have no background with this story. It was nearly impossible for me to accept that ballroom moment of them dancing together, zoned in. They are each other's world for but a moment. I find that pretty impossible to believe, right? That at the end of the Moors, where it's like, one, your aunt fucking walked up in my house insulting me. You know what I mean? Judy Dent Dame rules. Judy, I'm going to dent your forehead, right? That's yeah. what's her. You know, calling me all these fucking names and talking shit. Of course she was going to marry her then because she can stick it to the, she's the marrying lady. Her, she's ma- he's marrying his cousin. Uh, all yeah. right, weird. That's the thing we do here. You <laughs> That's know the thing that. we do. You know this. You know that. Your own <laughs> you cousin know just this. tried it. You know this. And you try to come up in my house. <laughs> what's your fucking beef, Elizabeth? What you got going on with everyone? <laughs> and then Elizabeth, no. Get out of my house. Fuck you. <laughs> Roll up on your old ass. No. Um it was impossible for me for me to believe they could fall for each other. And so it leaves that that hint of this is a societal move. So the ending where they're sitting on their fucking lily pad amongst their fucking fountains in their mansion. It's Weird like, just call me Mrs. Darcy the day the days that you are irradiated with love for me. Irradiated like, Mrs. Darcy. With Mrs. Love. Darcy. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever the fuck, right? Irradiated. If that does not tell you Griffey's acumen for romance in this movie alone, I don't right. know what else to tell you. All right. Sorry, we're not all proper words. That like absolutely says exactly what you need to know. It was a radiation because she was fucking lying and poisoning with Irradiated love happy. She was irradiating him with her lies. Will you please tell me? You may call me Mrs. Darcy when you have a Chernobyl-like love for me. <laughs> when your boner melts down upon us. <laughs> and we can't see it again for seven years because it's such rupturous, rupturous lovemaking. No, I, yeah. I find I, that was the one miss of the movie. I fucking love the time we, with Donald Sutherland. 
I love the sisters interplay right they're wonderful I love the way they shot the film I love the way the film moves right the side characters are all great Mr. Darcy was where it lacked for me I'm not gonna lie that makes me sad man and even I... at the end it's like he's he's in it with Kira Knightley he's not doing a bad job he just there's no moment in the film where I could accept they would fall for each other it makes me sad I'm not gonna lie I really do I really do love Matthew McFadden's casting in this movie and I think he is exceptional and okay. you know there's just there I think I have that, no other Darcy's right like he's my Darcy I mean I also I don't think there's I mean look in my it's my understanding and this is from my wife Colin Firth is the perennial Mr. Darcy. There is no other actor who has yeah. done Mr. Exudes Darcy. charisma and sex appeal. No. Let's stop there. Like, oh, it's, he does. It is. He has done like the, that's like the adaptation performance that most people point to. Um, But again, like, it's just one of those things where I, I think that he is, and having seen more than one version of this, I think that that's the character in general so like they're not supposed to be charismatic they're supposed to be it's a stuffy british dude who is super rich that you know ends up having to end up getting the plow because he's rich you know it's 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 but it's like i I don't want to see bob cratchit's wife blowing ebenezer scrooge at the end i think just because he bought a turkey you know what i mean that's pretty that is succinct no, that is that's a pretty nailed it. That's a pretty ridiculous comparison. Would you like that scene at the end of a Christmas Carol? I'm assuming that scene happens anyways. But damn, you know. <laughs> all right. No, I don't. But I also don't equate <laughs> lock tiny Tim in the dungeon. I don't equate. I laugh. also don't equate Matthew McFadden with Ebenezer Scrooge. So that's what you're telling me. He's an unlikable rich fuck. We're talking about characterization wise, then you would have a problem with the broad spectrum of Mr. Darcy's across the across across any medium. I think he the, just needed that charisma, that irresistible animal magnetism. And like I, if Ma- Jason Momoa was Mr. Darcy, you'd be like, nailed it. I, I understand exactly now. I just wholeheartedly disagree. But that's fine. <laughs> Mr. Mamoa. Can you save my dog? My I mean, assistant? if Jason Momoa ended up being Mr. Darcy, I would laugh my ass oh, yeah. off and also probably find it very believable because he's not that bad of an actor. He's a great fucking actor and has animal magnetism. Yeah. But I, that's, I actually, animal magnetism I was surprised. Is not what Mr. This is an interesting, this is an interesting window into the Griff, Griffin. Whatever, whatever the outer layer, the cake's got to be good. Mr. Darcy got no cake in this movie untrue but that's fine that is your he has the, he has the veneer right he has the green frosting it's very much your read and What's no one else's <laughs> probably a lot of people probably i'm speaking for the masses mm, no but that's fine those of us that don't have court carriages and cooks and shit we're just the normies that's what we're watching it as i you're now i don't <laughs> ignored by the cinema elite we are we are legion here we go <laughs> So this is the problem. Neither here nor Every there. time we have this conversation and you you and I disagree about something, you decide that it makes you the Donald Trump of this conversation. Oh, right. How <laughs> fucking dare you? First off. You elites. And then I'm like, you know, you live in a house too, right? You know. All right. <laughs> That's go. how it's going to be. I was about to say I actually really liked the movie. I was actually pleasantly surprised. Why wouldn't surprised. you say that? 
This has all of the earmarks of things I thought yes. were going to be off-putting to me. I, Exceptionally well-made movie. I legitimately agree. When Andre and I sat down last night, Andre was like, what do you think Griffey's going to say? I'm like, I think he's probably going to hate the movie for most of it. I think he will probably say it looks really good. And that's I liked the movie. That's, I was very engaged. I, I really enjoyed this movie. It was just lacking zombies. It definitely could have used some zombies. <laughs> no doubt about it. If Mr. Darcy gets mauled at the end... This I mean, that would be goes fucking up like rad. three grades for me, yeah. I mean... She's just like, I th- oh, no. I think if that happens prenup. at the end of any movie, <laughs> any Regency costume drama, you're pretty much... You're pretty much I'll sealing tell you this, the deal for us. I'm almost caught up on all the Oscar movies this year. 95% of them needed a zombie in it, yeah. at least. I there are a lot of two and a half hour agree. movies that want nothing more than for me to waste my time. Yeah. The Oscars needed to... We need to have a best editing category that's just, I got that shit Oscars down in 90 minutes. Oscars were not... I, I am going to say, I'll say it. Um, This Oscar batch, short of maybe like two movies, not good. A lot of fine movies, I don't see the exceptional movies this year. There's one so exceptional movie. We are going to do a mini show talking about all of the contenders and what our favorites, what we personally want to win, not what we think will win. Yeah. That's kind of a moot cause. But if we were voters, what we'd vote for. We're going to do a mini show on that leading up to the Oscars. So if you're watching and catching up, uh, follow that. On my letterbox, JL Griffey 621 or JL Griffey, I have an entire list if you want to actually try to go through all of them. I think it's 51 or 53 movies this year. Um, but yeah, we will be talking about that. We've got more stories of a moor coming up. Uh, next week will be Big Fish. Tim Burton's Big Fish, so good. Albert Finney, Ewan McGregor. I'm so excited to talk about I this. Love movie. I love Ewan McGregor, man. Yeah, we've got uh, great content over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. we got commentary coming up, more exclusives. Uh, we just dropped our exclusive episode on The Mist. we got really fun stuff going on over there. If you're a patron, you get to vote on those, right? We have awesome stuff coming up next month. You can get in on it right now and vote, vote, vote. Let us know what you want to hear. Throw out themes, all that kind of stuff. You join our community over at patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. It is absolutely the best way to help the show, and we appreciate it so much for those of you who do and those of you who are about to. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Leave those ratings and reviews, and more importantly, send a personalized message with an episode of the show you like to someone who you think will enjoy it. We'll take it from there. That's our goal from this for this year. So thank True. you guys very much we for love your time. You. Ooh, Not you, Darcy. You. Not you, Darcy. <laughs> I can't believe we, we made it through without We should have been in the fucking we, movie. We did not do that much accent. That's pretty good for us. We should have been in the movie. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, yeah, obviously. <laughs> I should have been Darcy's friend who had been like, dude, you got to like put it out on Front Street that you like this chick. You're going to lose her. What's the matter with you? Yeah. You could that, be the priest. That guy over there, that guy with the beard over there and the p-tail is telling us that he's he's going to go after Elizabeth if you don't. That's right. I'm going to win Elizabeth from the streets. <laughs> right? Then we'll see, then we'll see what really was then, then, we'll, the then we'll talk about what real pride and prejudice is. <laughs> oh, Baba! <Mama! laughs>